Today's episode is brought to you by Slate House Publishing, recorded at Wayne Howard Studios. So Trevor, have you seen that house on, um, what is it, Mission? Like 265 Mission? We're talking about the Victorian-style house? Yeah, in historic Fayetteville. And it's got the hedges in front of it, so you have to really be looking for it to find it. Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's for sale. No way. Yeah. How much? Um, I don't know. I haven't looked it up yet. Like, I just saw it on the way here to the studio to, like, look for it. I feel like that's a detail. We probably need to I know. mean, it's Victorian, and in the housing prices today, like, it's going to be phenomenal. <laughs> it's going to be outrageous. Like, we are not going to be able to afford this fucker. <laughs> but, but I have an idea. Okay. I bet it's haunted. Well, it every Victorian-style home has to be haunted. Yeah. Why even have a Victorian-style home if it's not haunted? Exactly. It's got to be haunted, so we got to buy it. Like, I got to buy this. Like, you I want to raise my wife and kids there, but I also want it to be, like, the you, hub for Slay House. Yeah, you got to buy it and name it the Slay House. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I've I've been to the Slay House as it currently is, Yeah. and it just looks like a normal house. Except the library is pretty bitchin'. Well, the li- yeah, the library is bitchin', no doubt. But, yeah, I think the library in that place would be awesome, and the whole house would be awesome, and then we could get haunted. And my kids might need therapy someday, but that's okay because— I mean, if you have that house, you can afford it, right? Right. Like, don't buy a Victorian-style haunted house unless you know a couple of really good psychiatrists. Yeah. This is just— Or parapsychiatrists or parapsychologists. Those are are so lame, though. That is. I don't know. I'm going to send off for my own parapsychology degree. Zach, Zach Baggins shows up at your house to counsel your children? I, <laughs> I think my children would need therapy if Zach Baggins came to counsel them. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Hey, welcome to Slayhouse Presents. <laughs> House Publishing Presents Lit Fits. I was told we need to shorten the title. <laughs> Maybe. I, it, you know, I'm really bad at reading from scripts. I'm even worse at apparently not reading from scripts. They, really, I'm just the worst co-host for a podcast. That's what I'm saying. No, dude, you're, you're a good co-host for the podcast. Well, I, I mean, according it. to the, the 10 people listening to us right now, we're... Yeah, uh, what our, our listener numbers are... Cl- listen... Actually, I'm joking, but our listener number, our listener numbers are climbing by the week. Like we are getting really more and more. Look, we have we have made inroads, recovering from all of the bad press that we've had in the last several episodes. We made profuse apologies to Canada, not to Rudy Giuliani yet, but I'm not apologizing to that dick. <laughs> I mean, I, someone has to at some point, right? Well, apologize for him, maybe. I don't know. Hey, guess what we got? What? We got some fan mail. I, so I thought... Do we have a special chime yet for the fan mail stuff? We do don't. We, Let's ask our producers if they can make us one. I, I want it to be as close to Blue's Clues as possible. Either Blue's Clues or the old AOL, like, you've got mail. Oh, that would be good, too. Yeah. Is that trademarked, though? Um... It could be. Maybe we could say it in, like, Deutsch or something. I think it—so we're not in our regular studio. If we sound a little different today, it's because we're recording out of a really sweaty box. Yeah, uh, that sounds a little weird. But, yeah, no, you're right. It is a really sweaty little box. Yeah. We're, we're like, crammed in here together, 
And uh, but we had to get this episode out because this is our Halloween episode. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. 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 That's my rendition of the song from that movie about Halloween. The Nightmare Before Christmas? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. You know who wrote the screenplay for that? Who? uh, Not me. Yeah, I was going to say I did. No. Um, (laughs) Michael McDowell actually wrote the screenplay for that. And I think we're going to be talking about him in a coming episode. Yeah, that's really – yeah, that makes sense. He did that and Beetlejuice. Those are probably two of the most – and he also wrote a bunch of books. And the, the music was Danny Elfman, though. The music was Danny Elfman. It was directed by Tim Burton. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Well, let me trivia um, for the day. It's not only a dark. It's not only a sweaty box. It's also a dark. It's I feel so like the, I can't see anything. But but uh, fan mail. I'm so ready for the fan mail. So okay, we, we've been dying to hear from from you guys for a while. So having fan mail is just like my favorite thing ever. It validates my whole existence. So. We don't have a lot of fan mail, but we have a few. Hey, a few you here. know what? It's not about quantity. It's about quality. I can't promise that either. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see what our fans have to say. Let's see. R, it just has R, um, says, I love your comedy, but could you be a bit more serious? No. No, R. Um, if you can't give us your whole name, then you can't make a request like that. So, no, yeah, we're not going to. I mean, just straight up. Uh, yeah. I don't relate to the world in a way that is entirely straight. So, no, I'm not, I'm not going to play a podcast straight. I'm just, you know, I'm going to be as skewed as possible. So, we also have Rachel from Topeka. Topeka, Kansas? Yeah. Murder, murder capital of the Midwest. I know, right? She says, I get you guys' comedy, but you keep saying that's for another podcast. Can you tell me, please, which podcast that's for? Is it for another episode or for your podcast or another channel altogether? Will you please share with your readers where to find it? Listen, Rachel, I hope you don't get murdered in Topeka. <laughs> uh, Trevor only knows that because he's, like, from that area. I, yeah, so I I, gr- I I didn't grow up around, but I went to high school around that area. Yeah, yeah. I, I, did, I worked in a bank in Topeka for a while. And, and funny... True story about a month or two after I quit the bank there and I I came to college here in Arkansas, Mm -hmm. the bank was robbed in Topeka, Kansas. You got out just right in the nick of time, I'd say. Yeah. In fact, not not only that, but uh, my sister's best friend robbed a bank. (laughs) <laughs> like like straight up. Was it the same bank that you'd it, left? No, it was not the same bank. It was it was the bank that. Let's she hope was the FBI is not listening. They're gonna think no, you it was, were like I'm an telling you, it job. was. It really made my sister's <laughs> wedding even more awkward too, because she made she made a no no no. This is real. This is real. She made a plea deal so that she could attend my sister's wedding, and as soon as she was done, she had to go to jail. She went, <laughs> she went to prison. This is a real thing. I, I guess maybe she didn't catch the bouquet. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> thanks uh, for 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 calling, Rachel. As if we have callers, yeah, and not. Thanks for taking the time to write us and like bring up and dredge up these memories. That was yeah, yeah. that's wonderful. Uh, for another podcast, it no, it's we're never gonna get to it. Just it's a running, it's, it's a, a running, running joke. joke. It is. Um, let's see, Elvin in the UK. Ooh, oh. I mean, we had some submissions from like overseas. Yeah, we so, did actually for the anthology. Cool. So yeah, it's good to know we have some listeners over there too. Said jolly good time, love you lots. 
make me laugh every up. By the way, by the by, can you tell us the history of Halloween? I don't know that. I mean, I know what I was told as as like a very hyper conservative Christian kid. Like Elwin, you should be able to tell us the history of Halloween because it actually comes from your neck of the woods. Like, um, With like the the Gael- like the Celtic um, Samhain, yeah, which is the correct pronunciation of it's not Samhain, it's Samhain. Um, that's, we would know resident expert of yeah. the novel Samhain. Yeah, um, is here, and and so yeah, it's 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 got its roots in Ireland and um, this tradition that was actually a Christmas time tradition that kids did, but it was transferred eventually to Halloween called to go a souling. And souling is when they would go to somebody's door and ask for treats and say they would offer up a prayer for anyone who gave them treats. And that eventually turned into trick-or-treating, which I think began in the Midwest uh, when kids were going around and and, and um, tricking people and, like, causing mayhem. And to get them to stop, people started offering them treats instead. So that's why they say trick-or-treats. Um, I think there's also something to do with, like uh, – like some some old pagan ritual, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. To like protect against evil spirits. Yeah, you wear the masks to protect against that drives away the evil spirits. Right. And so that's part of it too. So it's all come into like from different like these different right areas have kind of meshed together to form what we now call Halloween. Yeah, I I feel like the only Halloween trivia that I really know is like they didn't used to carve pumpkins; they used to carve turnips. Right. Just turnips. Yep. Yeah, that's about all I know. Oh, should I tell the story real quick? Because I know we have a lot to cover today, but should I tell the story real quick about um, how we got the jack-o'-lantern? Since that's always, Halloween. always. All right, so Jack was, and again, Elvin, this is from your neck of the woods, uh, kind of. I mean, it's across the... Across the pond. Is it across the pond? I know we're across the pond. Well, is Ireland I, across no, the pond? I'm pretty sure it's the same pond. Or would Ireland be across the stream? It's like a less, it's a smaller channel between. I don't, I don't know. I don't know either. Over there, Elvin, um, or whatever your name is. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you've changed his name like three <laughs> times. No offense that I can't remember your name. At least I it's haven't. It's right in front of you. <laughs> at least I haven't called you Edwina. Um, so, Alistair, I'll, I'll say this. <laughs> So the jack-o'-lantern is another Irish tradition that turned that's carried over into Halloween. And so Jack was a guy who loved turnips, right? And uh, he was also a real bastard there in, in the little village that he grew up in in Ireland. And he uh, would steal the crops from, like, his neighbors. Like, they're trying to grow turnips and potatoes and all this stuff. And he'd go and steal them because he was very, very lazy. Well, one day he was in church, in the back of the church, and... Uh, this old lady was uh, sitting right in front of him and she had her cross just hanging kind of out of her pocket. And so Jack snatched the cross out of her pocket, but he was seen by people like the clergy and people up front and they called him out on it. And so he ran out. And that's when the people knew that Jack was stealing. He was the town thief. So they gave chase in the hopes that they were going to get everything back or they were going to incarcerate him or even maybe kill him. And Jack knew this. So he started running and he ran into... And I think the story goes, and I'm assuming this is true that they have apples in Ireland. I mean, I don't know why they wouldn't, but he ran into like an apple orchard. And right then, Satan appeared to him. And Satan said, Jack, you have been so wicked. I'm here to take you to hell. And Jack said, no, Satan. He said, I, he said, I, I really don't want to do this. And Satan's like, well, you don't have a choice, man. You're, you're fucked. I'm, I'm damning you to hell. You're coming with me. So Jack says, okay. Um, 
but I haven't eaten yet. Can you do me a favor? Can you climb up in the tree? And he knew the villagers were getting closer and closer. He could hear them screaming and chasing after him. And so Jack said, Satan, can you climb up in the tree and grab me an apple real quick so I can have something to eat while we travel to hell? And Satan's like, fuck, okay, yeah, sure, I'll do this. So Satan scampers up the tree because that's what you know, Satan can do with his hooves and pitchfork and tail and all that shit. Um, he yeah. scampers up. I mean, I would imagine he backflips up a tree like Xena Warrior Princess, but. Does he make the la 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 sound? He should. Why? Yeah, of course. Yeah, he's got to. Okay. So Satan gets up in the tree, and as soon as he does, Jack takes out his pocket knife, and he starts carving crosses at the base of the tree. And Satan's like, what are you doing? And he's like, ha ha, Satan, you can't take me to hell now. You're trapped in the tree. And Satan's like, get me out of here. I'm going to come and get you. And Jack's like, there's some villagers coming. If they see you up here as mad as they are at me, they're going to want to get the devil. I mean, he he really pulled the Uno reverse. He's you got to be smart to be a scammer. Uno or Uno? Should be Uno. I thought you were going for like a you-know-what, so I don't know. No, no, no. Uno reverse. Uno reverse. That's what, yeah, that's when you pull out the reverse card and you're like, ha-ha, motherfucker. Okay, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah Uno. I would say Uno then. Yeah, yeah. I would say Uno. Um, so he's like, I tell you what I'll do, Satan. If you don't want to, if you want to help me get out of this mess, then you need to turn yourself into a gold coin and jump into my pocket. And Satan's like, okay, I'll do it. And he, ju- he turns himself into a gold coin and he jumps into Jack's pocket but it's the same pocket with the cross. See, Jack was a crafty motherfucker. So Jack is like, all right, now I got you. And Satan, because he's a coin and because he's next to this cross, this crucifix, he can't get out. So right then the villagers catch up to Jack and they're like, Jack, you're going to go to jail. You've stolen a lot from us. And he said, look, he said, I can't pay you back for everything that I've stolen, but I do have the old lady's cross here and I can pay you something. I have a coin. And the villagers are like, oh, cool, we'll take it. So Jack hands over the crucifix and the coin. He's tricked Satan. He's gotten out of, from, uh, gotten out of being in trouble with the town. And Jack is good to go. And you'd think that's the end of the story, right? But no, we're telling the story about the jack-o'-lantern. So Jack grows old and he dies. And he goes up to the pearly gates. And St. Peter says, Jack... You are way too wicked to come into heaven. We cannot let you in. So Jack's like, well, shit, I guess I'm going to hell now. So he goes down to hell. Only Satan, who's managed to get back to hell, says, Jack, what you did to me, the way you tricked me, you cannot come into hell either. And Jack's like, what am I supposed to do? I can't get into heaven. I can't stay in hell. Where am I supposed to go? So Satan says, I am going to carve out this turnip, and I'm going to put an ember from hell inside the turnip. And you are going to use that to light your way as you make your way through the world for the rest of eternity. And that's how we got the jack-o'-lantern because the turnips eventually became pumpkins. And that's why we like gourds to in honor of Jack and his mischievous ways. Thanks, Jack. Thanks, you shitty asshole. Um, (laughs) Ruined pumpkins for everyone, really. Missy. Oh, wow. This is a... a, Um... This is an interesting email okay. uh, address. Missy81 whole, all capitalized, pi at mit.edu. Pi is 3.14. You guys are great. Really love your banter. I always wanted to study literature and language and poetry and whatnot, but I got into math. Like, it's the real language. Fuck you. Well, hold, hold on. Hold <laughs> anyway, on. Hold on. Anyway, keep it up. Hold as on, long on. as I listen to your podcast, I don't actually have to read a book. Yippee. Keep it up, guys. 
Well, if you're not reading a book, you're really missing out on the entire experience of what we're trying to do here in the first place. Which is to get you to read I know I don't have the dulcet tones of LeVar Burton, but but seriously, go out and read something. And and let it not be a math textbook. I, nothing against math. Listen. I have everything against math. I, I'm I'm all cool with the whole, like, <clears throat> math is the language of the universe thing. I, sure, whatever. I just am also saying, like, freaking read a book. That's all. Read a book. Anyway, thanks, Missy, for the, uh, for the encouraging words. Yeah. Um, and finally, we have mailed to our offices from a new, just a New England post office box. It's anonymous. Um, Wait, this is physical mail? Yeah, this was physical mail. See? Wow. Um, this was back, mailed to us right not long after our Joe Hill episode. Um, oh, what a prick. All right, you want me to read? I'll read this. People, this is not a way feel, to win friends and, and, and... Well, I mean, to be fair, also, like, calling our fan mail people pricks, uh, like, on the air, that's, let me, that's also kind of... And let's it not is. be so standoffish. I it mean, is. these people did take out the time to listen to us. Oh, but wait. Let's listen to what this guy says, or person says. I hate to, to gender Yeah, let's not assume them. his gender either. Dear. I, I said with, with a pronoun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dear, and this is in quotes to show how, how snarky it is. Dear sirs. Well, Actually, you start a letter off or you start anything off with, well, actually, and you've just soured your entire relationship with the other person. Um, well, actually. I imagine that he's pushing up his glasses on the bridge of his nose. Or her. her or nose. her. Yeah. I, and I imagine that they have a very nasally voice. Yeah. Dear sirs, well, actually, <laughs> Stephen Graham Jones is not the editor of Best New oh, Horror. No. That title belongs to another Stephen Jones in England. I was hoping in tuning into your broadcast that you would be able to discern that distinction. But as you can't even do that modicum of research for your listeners, I'll be tuning out. Thank you. Did I get your voice right, bud? Um, okay. <laughs> Let, uh, let's clear the air. Clear the air. We knew we were wrong. Sorry about that. I had beans for We were lunch. wrong. We admitted as much. Yeah. In the Stephen Graham Jones episode, mm-hmm. like, as we were recording, we found out we were wrong and corrected ourselves. And corrected ourselves, right. Let's also be clear, like, we've been wrong in other stuff, too. I believe in one of the episodes, we were talking about Robin Hood and the, the king that comes back being King John. We're wrong. It's King Richard. It is King Richard, yes. Yeah, yeah so we fucked that one up. And we're going to be wrong again because... I mean, I, guaranteed, we're going to get stuff wrong here and there. I know that we we are college professors, but listen, we are we are very fallible human beings. And, and as much as I try to be as encyclopedic as I can, I, there's only so much space in my brain for stuff. And every time I learn a new name like Salma Hayek... <laughs> Something else has to fall out. It's like that episode of Married with Children where they're trying to train <laughs> Kelly for Jeopardy or whatever. And she learns something new and then something else falls out of her brain. That is how my brain works. That's a terrific topical reference, by the way. Yeah, Married I know. Nobody's, nobody's going to get it. It's, a, it's the show before the guy, the old guy that was on Modern Family. He was on this first. So, <laughs> And if you've seen Modern Family, then you know who we're talking about. Um, yeah. yeah, so that's that's our fan mail. Um, 
Well, actually. Well, so, actually. Well, I think we should. Listen, thanks, but no thanks for those kinds of comments. Uh, we're, you know, <laughs> Some of them were fun. Some of them is, were fun we're, comments. We're not Marvel. There is not a Marvel no prize for catching when we make mistakes. I mean, point out when we make real bad mistakes. But, yeah. But also, you know, like, let's be a little gracious here. We're, if Stephen Graham human. Jones had contacted me and said, hey, you know, you guys are wrong about this, I'd have been like, man, I am so sorry. I throw myself, In fact, I think I did apologize to him on the episode. I mean, I would throw myself off this building if Stephen Graham Jones asked me to. Don't do it, man. Don't. There's more to live for. I would hope that's the pep talk he would give me. But. It's the pep talk I'm giving you. All right, so... Uh, that's our fan mail, but let's move on because we have a lot we want to cover today. Some of it we're going to go into more detail than others, but basically we're going to look at a tried and true, uh, trope, uh, subgenre, how do you want to call it, of Halloween and of horror. Yeah. Um, the anthology and what how— What a huge task. This is a Herculean task, trying to track where the origins of, of, uh, an anthology of horror really begins. So I think we have an interesting map, and I don't know. We might be wrong. We might not have everything I, together, but I feel like this is a good start. And so, in looking at looking at this, I don't think the the horror anthology I think is almost as old as Halloween itself. And Halloween itself is not an old holiday. Like, right. let's be clear. It's it's a it's was in the mid-20th century when Halloween really started becoming something. Yeah, and, and to be extra clear, you know, like a lot of the holidays that we celebrate, they've they've become more consumer-driven and consumerist in their identity than, than they ever were, you know, traditionally. You think of something like Christmas, for example. Christmas as a consumer holiday is, is really a very recent holiday. Uh, development, right? So the same right. with, with Halloween. I, I think that the spirit of what we wanted to cover today with horror anthologies was really to just do something Halloween-y and talk about some of our favorite media in horror that that are perfect for consumption on Halloween. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's no better place to start than with the 1950s and EC Comics, and I'm going to let Trevor take this one because EC he, Comics is, this is right up his alley. I love EC Comics. I it, It's one of my absolutely, like, absolute favorite horror anthologies. You want anything horror-related, especially horror literature, you got to go for EC Comics. And guys, real quick, um, before Trevor really gets into this history and stuff, I want to tell you, on our Instagram page, and I'll link it to our um, Twitter and TikToks too, I've decorated my house for Halloween, and I have the coolest collection of um, the EC Comics, Tales from the Crypt, Vault of Horror, all that yeah. stuff at home. And so I'm going to take some photos, and I'm going to share them on our Insta page and share them on TikTok and Twitter. So just yeah. be on the lookout for them. I could do a whole episode just on EC Comics itself uh, because it's such a fascinating story. But the quick and dirty was that <clears throat> EC Comics was essentially a... Uh, a company that that was founded with the idea of creating educational comics for children, but there's no money. Hence in that. the EC, right? There's no money in that. So uh, yeah, when fuck the, it, <laughs> fuck yeah, education. When the founder of EC Comics died in a, a tragic boat accident, he gave the company over to his son, and his son, in looking things over, trying to figure out how to keep this publishing company alive, 
basically started to dabble in a whole bunch of different genre work. At the end of the 1940s, as World War II was winding down, as people were returning from the different theaters of war, um, there was a real hunger, I think, for stories that were much more violent and certainly stories that began to become much more horrific. So EC Comics wasn't necessarily the first comics publisher to explore horror comics, but it definitely was the uh, the one that, that really set the tone and the pace for all of horror comics that came after it. So our, our listeners may not know what may not recognize the name EC Comics, but can you tell them some names that they will I write, mean, some of the titles? Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. Um, that was the really big one. That, the, uh, crime Suspense Stories mm-hmm. was another really big one. Vault of Horror. Vault of Horror. Wasn't there a witch one, too, like The Witch's Cauldron or something? Yeah, The Witch's Cauldron was a, <clears throat> was a, a, a story. I, I don't know if it was a, a, a book itself or if it was just a feature, uh, but it, it was definitely, you know, The, the Witch features very prominently in that. Right. And they have some like characters like that, like the Crypt Keeper and the Witch and and a couple yep. others that introduce the stories every episode and they're just like a collection of just short stories. Some right. of the the best short stories in the business, I think. They're, oh, they're fun. They're pulpy. They're very pulpy. They're very ironic. Mm-hmm. Um there's so much look at any one of the stories and it's it's it leads with a pun or it ends with a pun. Yeah. It's it's Really hilarious. And these comic books were so influential. And it's all about, like, karmic justice, too. Like, oh, the asshole, Like, the main characters are, like, assholes, and they usually get it in the end. And usually really good satire, too. Like, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, a, yeah. A, an element that I think is missed, uh, rather unfortunately, by a lot of people. Um, these comics were so, so prominent, so important to the cultural zeitgeist. Every kid was reading a comic. And and when you look at sales figures for these comics in the 1950s, especially, they're misleading because it it makes you think that only you know say a million people read a particular comic book, but that's not true. You you might sell a million copies of a comic book, but that one individual copy was oftentimes read by five or six or seven different kids EC- as they circulated around. Wasn't EC Comics the reason why they had to do the 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 comic book rating? Yeah, e- EC Comics is not the the single reason oh, okay. why okay. comic books ended up um, kind of being neutered in 1954 um, with the Comics Code Authority, but they were a large contributor. Right, the only person who showed up to defend comic books at these uh, Senate hearings was the owner of EC Comics at the time. Oh wow. Uh, yeah, so he showed up and and he was the only one to speak and I I'm not even sure if he was high during the the hearings or something, <laughs> but uh, he also went on to publish Mad Magazine. So surprise, he, he, probably, you know maybe, um, but he he did a terrible job of trying to present his viewpoint mm. and and you know rather unfortunately I think he kind of sealed the deal that led to the Comics Code Authority, mm. uh, but. Their stuff was so influential that entire generations of horror auteurs later on uh, would be, you know, drawing back on that those same impulses to create their own new fiction. That's so cool. So you think of like, you know, uh, Stephen King, R.L. Stein, two major, major um, kind of like 
tent poles of horror. Stephen King, uh, for from you know the nineteen seventies, I would say into. Mm-hmm. I mean, even now, Stephen King is writing stuff. Oh, he's writing like two or three books a but, year. But yeah, but his influence on horror, I think, really took off through the seventies into the 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 nineties. R.L. Stein was so influential in ch- in the development of children's horror and children's horror fiction in the nineteen nineties, mm-hmm. and yep. all of their stuff leans heavily back on the foundation laid by EC Comics in the 1950s. Yeah. Um, And by the way, folks, we're probably not going to talk about Stephen King, but it's not because we aren't fans. It's just, one, his work is so prolific. And two, we want to showcase this first season authors that that, that probably aren't nearly as famous. Like, everyone says Stephen King when you think of horror, even though he does a lot more than horror. But we want to showcase authors who are are very well respected and, and pretty famous in their own rights, but they may not be familiar to the average listener. So we want to broaden your minds a yeah, little bit. Yeah, like Edith Wharton. Yeah. Nobody remembers that Edith Wharton did horror stuff. Yeah, or like Horacio Quiroga. Horacio Quiroga. Horacio Quiroga. Yeah, Quiroga is another guy I that, mean, that I, like, really, you should read more Quiroga. But, yeah. but nobody knows about him because of translation issues and... And the fact that, you know, he's not as big as in a a U.S. English-speaking market. So I want to transition now and go from uh, comic book anthologies and horror um, to two TV shows that really kind of came up right as EC Comics was ending. And so I'm curious. I don't know if either one of us knows this answer. Trevor, if you do, tell me. But I would be curious to know how influential or how influenced by EC Comics Rod Serling and Alfred Hitchcock might have been because both of them did anthology TV shows based on this idea of horror and crime and I I mean I it's really hard to tell. I don't know that you would ever catch Alfred Hitchcock sitting around with EC Comics necessarily. Oh, I want to see that. But I I If you're a fan and you're an artist, draw that picture for us. We'll <laughs> Alfred Hitchcock and Rod Serling sit around reading EC Comics. Yeah. But I also know that a lot of uh, a lot of of crossover does happen. You know, you take, for yeah. example, Richard Matheson, right? right? Matheson wrote for Twilight Zone for years. Yeah. I, I mean, it's it's one of the big reasons why there's such a, a large gap in his production through the 1960s into the 1970s because he was writing a lot of, of film or he was writing TV shows, uh, you know, before getting back to, to writing some of his novels. So Richard Matheson, like there's a lot of crossover there. Alfred Bester, one of the dudes who, you know, basically created cyberpunk, right? Yeah, he, right. Was a, he was a comic book guy. Mm-hmm. He was a comic book writer. Um, so I, I think that when we look at something like the Twilight Zone and these anthology series, of course they have their roots in other forms of of fiction and other forms of, of media, but the prevalence of comic books in the 1940s, the 1950s, even into the 1960s, although horror was effectively neutered post-1954, um, yeah, I mean... George A. Romero might disagree with that, with his Night of the Living Dead. Wasn't that 1960s? Well, yeah, but that was a movie. Well, yeah, that's true. 
but we're transitioning now into TV. It, I'm, so. I'm talking about comic oh, comic book, comic book, yeah, yeah, yeah. Put, like after the the comics code. Of I remember they reprinted DC Comics in the '90s, like they had a second printing because I got some. I, I would like go to the comic. Oh book yeah, store and get sure. Some. And there's always been a really good underground market for for comics and for for comic book horror, at, even after the Comics Code Authority happened. Right. But in terms of mainstream media mainstream literature you you don't you're not going to find very vicious you know comic book horror after 1954 i think what we've done with this first anthology and i think it's going to lay the groundwork for future anthologies um is we've tried to emulate that tales from the crypt kind of feeling oh, where the stories are a mix of sci-fi and horror and realistic like gruesomely realistic like horror versus supernatural horror yeah. and so i think we're, we're trying to get that spirit back i'm really excited for the anthology that we're putting together and i am editing. too i i i, ha- I have a, a lot of hot takes about some of the stories that, that <laughs> we're looking at publishing but i'm yeah. i'm genuinely excited because there's such a variety there yeah and uh you guys should should really look forward to that. If you're a fan of anthology fiction and an anthology, yes. uh, just genre storytelling, like definitely keep watching for that. Buy a copy when it's out because uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So neither of us are, are old enough to remember the initial run of these TV shows, but I want to talk about them because we've watched them I, in like, syndication for in forever. syndication for forever. Like it's still to this day, you can turn on the Sci-Fi Channel and watch the Twilight Zone on New Year's Day, and that's my New Year's Day. Like after staying up to midnight, I get up yeah. and I just watch the fucking Twilight Zone all day long. Yeah, when I was when I was a kid, you know, my parents would take me to the library, and and the library never had a whole lot of newer stuff when it came to media. Uh, but they had collections of old Twilight episodes on VHS or eventually on DVD while I was growing up, and I watched it incessantly. It, yeah. it was one of those one of those shows that my parents were really cool with and and thought was really thought provoking, and they they loved kind of the literary quality of Twilight Zone. I watched constantly. Yeah, yeah. And there there are some definite differences between like Alfred Hitchcock's um the Alfred Hitchcock Hour and the Twilight Zone and then later like the Night Gallery and even the yeah. the Outer Limits which ran at the same time as the right. Twilight Zone. So Twilight Zone Rod Serling was really interested in like um the stories of social commentary. He adopted or adapted a number of um short stories and used short story authors and literary authors to write um scripts for the Twilight Zone episodes. They bounced from comedic to science fiction to psychological horror to supernatural horror. And um, they they had different tones depending on the episode, so it was very, very eclectic. Um, whereas The Outer Limits was just freaking dark. I mean, it was like, it, it it had some horror, but it was also grounded in like sci-fi or really dark sci-fi. It was really sci-fi, yeah, a lot and, of sci-fi. And it was very, very dark compared to like the Twilight. Like it was more nihilistic, I think, than the yeah, Twilight Zone I, was. Yeah, you know, I would kind of agree. I, I think my uh, my buddy and I, um, fr- friend of the show, he's got a podcast too about mm-hmm. The Witcher with his yeah. wife. It's really fun. Uh, I, the Midnight Hour Book Club, I think. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, check it out. It's, yeah. it's really fun. But only if they plug us too. Uh, they're gonna. They, of course, they will. All right, awesome. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, we would watch uh, the Twilight and the Outer Limits uh, like together. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, we were always really into both. I, I felt like there 
very much kind of the same or, or different sides of the same coin. Yeah, right? I they, agree. They explore a lot of the same kind of human condition. In stuff. fact, who wrote that short story? Um, it's on the tip of my tongue, The Occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge. Do you remember? I don't. Um, shoot. It's on the – okay. Well, readers, if you remember who wrote that short story, email us at editor at slayhouse.com. And in nice tones, tell, please. In nice tones, please, because we, we really like you guys, and we like we like the people that are listening and who wrote in. We thank you for taking the time. Um, but uh, both the Twilight Zone, the old, 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 like Rod Serling's Twilight Zone and um, uh, The Outer Limits adapted that story, An Occurrence at Owl Creek, Creek Bridge. And and produced uh, some short films based on it. It's a really really great story. It's from a very literary author from the 1800s. And as soon as we hit stop on the record button, that's when I'm going to think of his name. Um, so we have no Wi-Fi in this sweaty box. We have no Wi-Fi. We're deep underground in this dark and box. As always, we never know where the conversation is going to go. So no maybe it's appropriate much... that we're in underground in a dark box talking about Halloween. I mean, probably. Uh, yeah. There's probably a spook outside the door. Probably. I, I, that's mean. It's, it's just a librarian. <laughs> they they can be pretty spooky. Yeah. Um, but by and but, but by no means are these the only anthology shows or movies that have existed. So no. In fact, there there are so many. I almost feel like it would be too arduous to, to mention them, but maybe just name-dropping them. Um, you know, 1983 through 91, there was HBO's The Hitchhiker, um, another kind of one-off episode. Uh, yeah, this mullet and leather jacket wanderer introduced Twilight Zone-style <laughs> Yeah, there's... Uh, he does. Look up The Hitchhiker, the TV show from HBO, and <laughs> the picture is this, this guy's got a mullet and like a jean jacket, or like a leather jacket and some jeans, and it's like, dude, you're you're so 80s. You gotta love it. Uh, Tales from the Dark Side was another really great I anthology. I loved Tales from the Dark Side. The TV show was terrific. Monsters was like along the same around the same time as Tales from the Dark Side. I think it might have come like either right after or right yeah, before. Eighty eight to ninety one. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was it was one that was it had very comedic. You could tell these were kind of low budget shows, but they were still fun. They were still really fun. Yeah. In the 1990s, we had uh, some children's horror in Are You Afraid of the Dark? That was a slam dunk hit for most kids growing up my age uh, who were you know watching like Nickelodeon. Um, there, there was uh, Masters of Horror, Showtime, and in, in the early aughts. Yeah, in the early aughts. But before that, I want to jump back real quick to the '90s again because you're right. There were a lot of of, of '90s. Um, well, that was like the Are You Afraid of the Dark? But we can't forget that after HBO's success with The Hitchhiker, then they produced probably one of the best known TV oh, anthologies yeah, since Twilight Zone. And that's the Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. And I see, the, I see again, Tales from the Crypt, like, leaning back very heavily on these EC comics, mm. as well as st- short they stories pulled and every short single, fiction. Yeah, they took every single uh, issue mean, from, from Tales from the Crypt and the Vault of Horror and all that. Yeah. And they turned them into actual episodes. Well, so you're, like, watching with, them. Along with stories from, from well-known authors, too. I mean, a yeah. lot of these anthologies have drawn on, like, Richard Matheson and, and Michael McDowell and... Uh, Stephen King, you know, for 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 inspiration for their episodes, and they had some big name directors. Do you know who founded? Like, I just learned this when we were, when I was preparing for the episode. Do you know who like sponsored the Tales from the Crypt? Like, who created it? Tell There's me, Robert Zemeckis. 
Back the, to the Future. The dude. Back to the Future guy. Yeah. You know what? That doesn't surprise me as much though, because he also had Death Becomes Her. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Death Becomes that, Her is very much. That a movie's tells. a slam dunk horror movie. Oh yeah, yeah, I love definitely, it. definitely. Um, did you ever see Amazing Stories? I didn't, but that's because that you was know, Steven was Spielberg's take on horror and sci-fi and and fantasy, and those were some pretty powerful stories as well too. That's awesome. Um, Beyond belief, fact or fiction? <laughs> this is on my. This is this one show. of my favorite things because I actually did watch this show with. I, I'm obsessed with Jonathan Frakes. <laughs> like I, I, you know, I grew up with Star Trek and and anything Jonathan Frakes does is just like I'm I'm fucking there, you know, and so. Jonathan Frakes leaning on things and then asking you bizarre questions <laughs> is my favorite thing. And you have to guess because some of these stories are real. Right, yeah. And it's not always yeah, the ones you think. And then he'd give you that little Jonathan Frakes smile and he'd be like, not this time. Not this time. Nope. nope. We tricked you. <laughs> it's fake. It's false. Was this story inspired by real events? No. No. Not or, this time. Or... Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, it's such a great story. And you're guaranteed every episode to have, like, a true story. And there have been some episodes where they've they've had, like, the most supernatural little vignette in there. And it's like, oh, that one's got to be false. And then he's like, at the end, he's like, was this story inspired by real events? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. And you're like, oh, mind oh. blown. There's some like other Chris stuff Angel, that... Mind Freak, you have a lot to learn. You need to watch some Jonathan Frakes. <laughs> some Jonathan Frakes. <laughs> take, take some show notes. <laughs> some more recent stuff, uh, you know, Black Mirror. Black Mirror, uh, yeah. Creep Show. I love Creep Show on Shudder. If you guys some, aren't watching this, you need to watch this. Some phenomenal, phenomenal horror on Creep Show. So a little backstory on Creep Show, because um, next we're going to talk about some films that were inspired by anthologies, uh, or some film anthologies. Creep Show uh, began as a film. It began as a film by Stephen King honoring Tales from the Crypt. Right. It's like his version Which of Tales from the Crypt. led to uh, the development even of a, a comic book. Right. Of Creep Show. Right. In Which the then style led, of EC Comics. Right. Which then led, and I have that too, and I'll take pictures of that one as well oh, yeah, too. That's I think great. that's awesome. Um, it's still in, it, you can get it in bookstores everywhere. It's and still now, Shudder has, I think the showrunner is um, the guy who does The Walking Dead or did The Walking Dead, but he is the showrunner for Creep Show, and it's in its third season now, and it's 30 minutes, or it's about 40, 45 minutes each episode, and there's two stories per episode. And, they keep the same production style, like the look from the original yeah. movies. So if you enjoyed that mix of like some very little CGI, quite a bit of practical effects, I mean, it's beautiful to watch. It's it's wonderful. Um, highly, highly, highly recommend that show. Um, it's so it's so much fun, and and stories again from Stephen King, but also from some other heavy hitters in the. Yeah, the, there was one we just recently watched with, uh, by Joe Hill. Joe right? Hill's story. Joe Hill's in there. Um, Sam Raimi. Uh, Ted, it was Ted Raimi did an episode too. Yeah. Oh, that uh, the uh, public television yeah, for the, the dead. Yes. I love, I love that. So <laughs> funny. It's so funny. If, if there's one episode you watch from the entire anthology, it's. It's got to be that one yep. because it's so freaking funny. So just to and, – and I'm glad we started with EC Comics and Tales from the Crypt because as we talk about movies now, um, we've mentioned Creep Show now as a movie and then as a TV show. There was originally a Tales from the Crypt movie in 1972. Um, Which led, I think, to the development of the series, no? 
Well, it was based on original stories from Tales from oh, the Crypt, sure, from the comic yeah. books, and then it did okay, and then about 20 years later, you know, HBO's like, hey, let's do this again as a series. Um, Vincent Price was in a, a movie called Twice Told Tales, which was uh, three stories uh, inspired by Nathaniel Hawthorne. And if you need to be convinced to watch anything with Vincent Price, you're, you're doing life wrong. Yeah, yeah. He's so fun. I mean— he did the rap for Michael Jackson's Thriller. My grandmother, to this date, uh, will never <laughs> shut up about Vincent Price. Not not because of Thriller, but because she went to go see him do a live reading of Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven. Oh, that is that is so cool. That is awesome. Um, we mentioned Tales from the Dark Side before. Well, they had a movie, and the movie was terrific. The movie is terrific. It's got some stories. Mm-hmm. It's uh, got stories by... inspired by Lafcadio, Kern, uh, Lafcadio Hearn. Yeah, a uh, great story by Lafcadio Hearn. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. So weird and yeah. creepy. It's so great. It's and, so great. And, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Yep. Um, and Stephen King. One of the inspirations for us even starting a podcast was this. Uh, this this movie. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, Trevor had never seen it, so I showed it to him, and it was like, I mean, it just... It blew it's, my it's mind. awesome. It blew my and mind. And it's got some stars in it, too. It's got yeah. um, early Steve Buscemi. Yep. It's got Christian Slater. Um, yep. It's got uh, Julianne Moore. It's got uh, William Hickey. It's got Buster Poindexter, um, the hot, hot, hot guy. He was the cab driver on Scrooge, the, the Bill Murray take. I don't take. know if anyone's going to remember that, but... I remember everything, folks, except it's, when I screw stuff up on the podcast. It's such a phenomenal uh, little movie. It's and, great. And and you should definitely go watch it on Halloween. It's, yes. It's the perfect Halloween movie. Yes. This this episode has exploded because there was just so much that we wanted to talk about. We, we originally only wanted to talk about one movie for and, this that episode. And, and that's the, the next movie we're going to talk about. But Trick or Treat. Trick or Treat. That was such a fun movie. Oh, my gosh. 2007, starring, uh, I mean, another kind of star-studded cast. Yeah, Anna maybe Paquin. Maybe a little bit before they became the stars. Yeah, yeah. Cast. Anna Paquin, I mean, at that point in time, she had already been Rogue. True Blood, yeah. And, and Rogue, from, from yeah. X-Men. Um, it also had, uh, uh, what's his face? Uh, uh, Dylan... Uh, the, Dylan the, Baker. Dylan Baker. It had Dylan Baker as the uh, principal. I'm thinking about the Canadian guy who uh, gets murdered. Oh, Tamo Pinnicott? No. Oh, no. It's the other guy. I mean, he's in it. I just mis- totally butchered his name, but he's in it. It's Leslie old, Bibb old is in guy. it. The old guy. How do I not have this in my notes? It's the same thing with uh, the uh, the story I was trying to think of, the yeah. Owl Creek Bridge story. Man, I mean, at people, least I got the people title People listening right. are just going to be like, these idiots don't prepare for anything. We really don't. Hey, look, if it wasn't for our producers, we'd have the production value of an Ed Wood movie. So... <laughs> no, it's absolutely true. They save um, us. They save us. And our listeners are like Ed Who. One of the reasons why this episode <laughs> seems like such a disaster to me in my brain is because I don't have our editors just sitting here and nodding along, be like, "Yeah, this is yeah, great. Yeah, this is yeah, perfect." Yeah, yeah. So they're gonna hear this. We're gonna send it to them, and they're gonna be like, "Guys, you really should have just." Yeah, just, just stop while you're ahead. <laughs> no, but um, trick or treat, it's it's just it's so great. much gosh darn fun and for it's a not, Halloween night. And yeah. it, and it's centered around Halloween itself as a holiday. The vignettes are all related to the spooky tales that 
you would tell on Halloween, and all the, all of the characters are living through these spooky tales on Halloween. And unlike most of these other anthologies, though, these tales are all related. That's, yes. Which is really, really cool. Like they're, they, And they're told, like, non-sequentially. So by the time you get to the end, you start piecing together the order these must have happened in. Yeah. It's very, very fun. It's very got some fun. fun framework. It's a heck of a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Um, do you want to see something really scary? If it's your boobs again, no. <laughs> no, we might get kicked out of the uh, the recording space. If I did that here. No, that's like the opening. That's one of the opening lines when um, Albert, what's his face, picks up Dan Aykroyd at the beginning of Twilight Zone, the movie, like based on the old Twilight Zone shows. Oh, right, yeah. They're dry, he picks up the hitchhiker, and the hitchhiker's um, Dan Aykroyd, and Dan Aykroyd's like, they're playing these games and they're talking. He's like, "Do you want to see something really scary?" And is the driver's like, uh, yeah, sure. And he's like, you got to pull over. And he's like, no, 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 no. I'll just show me. I'll be all right. And he's like, no, no, trust me. You've got to pull over. And um, it's uh, it's really great what happens after that. And I love the tie-in at the end when John Lithgow, his character, and it's from another very, very famous Twilight Zone episode um, that they redid for, for his movie. Um, or for his segment of the movie, he gets loaded into an ambulance, and one of the ambulance guys is Dan Aykroyd, and as they're driving along, and you you only see John Lithgow's face, but you hear Dan Aykroyd in the front seat saying, hey, man, do you want to see something really scary? And that's how the movie ends, and I'm like, yes. So <laughs> it's like, a, I don't want to tell you more than that, even though it's like a 30-year-old movie, so, I mean, we've already spoiled. I don't know that we can. We've spoiled every bit of media that has come across our plate so far. yeah. Not too terribly bad that we didn't spoil Stephen Graham Jones. I mean, no, I I tried really hard. But he not could to do he that. could legit sue us. Like Shirley Jackson can't sue us. What? Like uh, her estate could well, sue hold us. Hold on, can you sue somebody for spoiling a book? Possibly. I don't know. I although, don't think that's le- I don't think that's a thing. I don't know all the rules behind podcasting. I don't know. That's not a th- no. That's not a thing. Damn it, Trevor! I'm a I'm a novelist, not a podcast host. <laughs> Wait, what? You're not a podcast host. <laughs> but I am. I'm I'm not unless I am. Um way to way to wishy washy there, bones. Um that's, <laughs> that'd have been funny on Star Trek if he'd have been like Damn it, he was, <laughs> Damn it, Jim, I'm a doctor, not a surgeon. Wait, what? <laughs> um <laughs> he got his PhD. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's a ship's doctor. Here's our ship's doctor. Oh, thanks. I need medical attention. No, 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 no. I got a PhD in space flight. We'll talk about contemporary studies in, you know, in 20th century literature, but I can't help you. <laughs> I'm, an, I'm an expert in the Klingon literature. <laughs> um, oh, man. All right. So, and I think the final one I've got to mention here, it's not, I uh, know a couple of them that we're going to mention here. Um, the VHS movies are pretty popular, oh, and yeah. then if you haven't seen it from 1990s, it's a very 90s film. Tales from the Hood. Oh, and our favorite. Wait, uh, that's a, what? Tales from the Hood. Have you never seen it? No. Clarence Williams III is a mortician, right? It's just, it sounds like, I don't know, it sounds like a gangster movie. It kind of is, because Clarence, Clarence Williams III is a, is a mortician in the inner city, and these four gangbangers bust into his building running from the cops. And he's like, they're like trying to intimidate him. And he's like, I'm going to tell you a story. And he tells each of them a story. And the story he's telling them are about how each of them died. 
I think I just spoiled this movie. Yeah, they're all dead. They're all dead, and he's telling them how they died, and then... But it's still cool to watch. Like, that's not even... That's not a huge spoiler, and again, it's like a 20-something-year-old movie, so... I feel like anytime we spoil anything, we only do it in service to, like, no, but... but Watch this. But seriously... It's not the end, it's the journey. That's not what's fun... Exactly. That's not what's fun about it. What's fun isn't the spoiler stuff. What's fun is the experience, the journey you go on. And speaking to how this goes or speaks to not just adults but also kids, because Trevor mentioned Are You Afraid of the Dark, how can we forget one of the best anthology children's books that was turned into a, I I thought, a very serviceable movie. I really enjoyed it. Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Oh, of course. The, uh, The illustrations alone were terrifying I've got that one too. Even, I'm gonna... even today, it's 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 terrifying. My my yeah. uh, my wife bought that book for me just as a Halloween gift uh, last year, I think. Oh wow! Um, because she knew how much I loved the artwork in that book, but I didn't have a copy for myself because I didn't. I never grew up with. But you've it. seen my you've seen my copy. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and she bought me a a nice hardback reprint of all of the books you know collected into one book yeah it's it's beautiful and it's so much fun to read around halloween time it's great so everybody that is our down and dirty halloween episode yeah we just threw like 90 different things at your face to watch but seriously there should be something for everybody and 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 when when it comes to Halloween, I'm all about building traditions, building new traditions for you and for your family and for your friends. And one of the things that we've started as our kind of friendship tradition mm-hmm. is sitting around Halloween time, grabbing an anthology or grabbing a movie and just uh, having some junk food giving candy to the neighbor kids who dress like Fortnite characters <laughs> and just having a good communal time because I think that's what holidays are for. Exactly. So go out and enjoy Halloween. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. We have two Twitter accounts, Slay House Lit Bits and House Slay. Uh, we have two Instagrams for Slay House. We have uh, a TikTok or two TikToks for Slay House and Slay House Lit Bits. We have a Reddit, so follow us on Reddit and shoot some posts to us. We might do some remarks on there. You um, can also send us your emails at editor at slayhouse.com. Yep. Hey, why not stop over at slayhouse.com? Check out the website. Maybe buy yourself a book. Uh, see some of the most recent news about what we're doing for anthologies, etc. Yep. And um, also f- maybe trip on over to our uh Fundraising. Yeah, we have both Buy Me a Coffee and Patreon. Yeah. And your Patreon will go to... The down payment on that spooky house. The down payment on that spooky house. Yeah, we need the sleigh house. We need it. Guys, we're not going to live up to our name if we don't have the house that looks like... I mean, there is a house. It's just, you know, it's It's the perfect-looking Victorian home. It's not haunted yet. And unless someone wants to come... It could be. It won't be until somebody buys it, though. Well, I was going to say, like, I feel like unless someone wants to come and get murdered on your property, it's not going to be a minute. Don't do that. Don't come get murdered on my property. Please don't. Don't, sir. Please, sir. Please, sir. I want some more life. 
<laughs> to go with souling, folks. To go with souling. Um, hey, you know what? That's a nice little uh, like wraparound. Bring us back to the beginning. So, hey, so we hope you enjoyed the episode. Have a happy, happy Halloween. We'll be back. Um, we're gonna talk about some more movies. We got some more episodes coming up. We have uh, we have a, a good episode where we talk about why authors are not every author, but certain authors are revered. And, and kind of some issues we found in, in a couple of books that might be surprising to you. Yeah. Um, and we have a lot more to come other than that, too. So there's a lot on the way. Uh, we got some more movie reviews. We are putting together our fall uh, movie review that we'll release uh, probably sometime next month, I think. Yeah, something um, like that. So we've got a lot more coming to you. So we hope you've enjoyed this. Have a happy Halloween, safe scares, and we'll talk to you later. Keep it spooky.